3: Good morning, this is Talking Devils, the leading independent Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined by United legend Paul Parker and Dave Murphy to talk over the last week at United. If you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, feel free to get your comments and questions in. If you're watching the replay, feel free to say hello and comment. We do still reply to the the comments we get. If you're listening back on the audio podcast, be sure to like and subscribe and leave a review. On the platform you're listening on, uh, Paul, how are you doing this week? You all right?
1: Yeah, I'm fine, thank you very much, Wayne.
3: And David, how are you? Yep, not too bad. David, that's very, very, very formal. Okay, I'll go. I, I Paul's dressed up for the occasion. I, I'm looking a bit smart. Uh, you're not, but I thought I'd give you your Sunday name. Um, just so we're all on our toes. And um, before we begin, a very special happy birthday message to Alex, a young lad, big United fan. It's uh, 12 years old today he's he was actually born on the day when united were 2-0 down in the community shield to city and came back to win 3-2 and um, paul knows the feeling of being in a game like that um so happy birthday Alex, happy 12th birthday have a good one um hope you have a great day man so let's crack on to football uh, i was going to start with the weekend game games uh, <coughs> but um, we'll talk about the comments this morning made uh, by rafael varan um, Paul, there, there was a directive last week that was posted. Uh, the, the officials met the players and, you know, they go around before, you know. Paul fell foul of this once in the 1994 season. You know, they issued the new directives on the tackle From He looked at me quizzically. I know where I'm going with this, Paul.
1: I know, so do I, so do I, but I was trying my best there. I'm, I want to put my head in my hands, to be honest, really. <laughs> so in
3: 1994... After the World Cup, they changed the rules on the tackle from behind and they went round all the clubs and sort of told them what was going to happen. Um, and I think Bruce had been done similarly maybe three or four years earlier as well. Um, on something, and, and Paul was basically sent off in the first game. He wouldn't have been sending off in normal, um, days, but it's like the referees were clamping down and wanting to make examples. So Paul was sent off. Um, thankfully, we, we won that game, so it didn't really matter. But Rafa, um, the, the rule. Change this time around is to do with too too much time-wasting in games. And the new directives, we saw them at the World Cup already, that they've been implemented, that they're going to add this, um, I think, five to seven minutes on average, on top of the the one to three that were already added. So you're talking games that could be 54, 55-minute offs. Um, We saw it at the World Cup. They've
1: They've done that average already, haven't they? Yeah, The average is up already just, just in the last few games I've seen here. Yeah.
3: yeah, well, that's all I mean. We saw it at the World Cup and we're already seeing it here. Um, the players, well, Varane is the one leading the charge this morning. He's saying players are playing too much. It's too intense. I had a very quick run through. Obviously, I only posted it this morning, so I did some very quick number crunching on this. So for If you said that United have had a successful season or they've played a lot of games, you would probably say on top of what the average is, maybe 55 games is a successful season. So anything 55 and above, right? So United from 63 to 1995 had 14 seasons. So that's one one in every two with 55 games or more. And from 98 to 2013, they had um, 50, every season had 55 games or more. Seven out of the last 10 have had 50 or more. 55 or more, I think. So, but the Europa League now as a league, there's four different competitions. Obviously, there's been an increase in competitions over that time. The structure of those competitions have changed from being European knockouts to, in the 90s, you know, there were six guaranteed Champions League games and so on and so forth. And obviously, I also you got to take into account the player numbers. So, in the 60s, the squads might have been 12 to 15 players. In the 90s, when Paul was playing at United, maybe 15 to 17, in terms of year year 11 and then Mm -hmm. players would come in. Turn of the century, 22 to 23, and maybe now 25, 26. I Look at the numbers from last season. De Gea, 58 games. Bruno, uh, 58. um, And one sub. Rashford, 46 and 10 subs. Varane himself, 34 games. The average, 43 to 44 players are more like athletes now rather than... I do not more like athletes and footballers, but you know where I'm going from. They're the more athletically conditioned than what they used to be. It's a more athletic game, but the ball itself is not in play for as long as it was when you were playing, Paul. It's, it's very difficult looking at these... Just looking at that road data, I know you hate that sort of term, but looking at the numbers in terms of the quickest way that we can analyse it it doesn't seem to be that big a difference. The, the biggest difference is that there are more players to play the games in the squad, and that therefore the pressure on them should technically be less. Yes, there's more athletic. The game, when the ball is in play, it moves a bit faster because the ball's a bit faster, and then people are more athletic. But I think that should be the balance, right? That To me, it seems like the balance. I know, yeah, right. we saw last season that Bruno looked knackered at the end of it, 58 games. But really... I, is it, is it that big a difference that there should be a player revolution on it?
1: The man who works in the foundry goes to work every single day and he gets maybe gets the weekend off and he's knackered on the Friday night. But no one ever pats him on the back and says, you can have, you can have a break, you know, you have a rest and you carry on getting paid, you know. So for me, it's just a, they go to the players, they virtually put the words into the players' mouths and the players just bounce off of it. It's like virtually, it's like, I'm going to... If you put it to, you know, to being a parent, if you tell your kid, cool, your nose is running, you can't be well, the kid's going to go, well, I don't feel well. Well, okay, then you better not go to school. But if you turn around if you turn around and say, oh, your nose is running, and, it, and all of a sudden in the, the kid's head he's thinking he can get away with it, you turn around and then say to him, well, I'll tell you what, you go to school, ring me, or get the school to ring me, and I'll come and get you if you're not well. Once they get there, they're quite happy to be there. And you have to go through things as a parent, as an adult, during work. But I just find football. So you've said it all there, which I was going to jump to. I think the average is about, I think the average now is about 54 to 50, say 53 to 55 minutes a game. So in theory, at uh, uh, at one point, football used to be put down as entertainment. It's not entertainment now. If you've got 90 minutes to entertain, you're only giving people 53 minutes to 55. There's something wrong because there's something going wrong with what's happening out there, and that so-called entertainment, and the players moaning, they're earning a lot more money, I don't begrudge them that, because that's what the game is about now, give out, give out money, but when you're playing less time, and you have got a lot more players to choose from, but managers sometimes don't really want to, as much as you feed them so many players, they still believe in that way of continuity, a lot of them, they don't really want to make that change, and there's few players out there who have actually grasped that and just realize that when I'm when I'm at something good I want to be involved in every single game yeah and the likes of bruno wants to play every single game like messi did in his heyday yeah. and another player who's like that was declan rice played every single game he didn't yeah. matter what he wanted to play so i think now we've made it very easy for the players to turn around and be injured. They virtually have um. Head, they virtually have mental injuries where someone tells them, would have maybe of a blood test. that they're tired, they might turn around and say, "Cool, you look like you're getting. You're looking a bit leggy." When when I hear, um, people who are around me who are football fans and they talk about one of their players, their players never have a bad game. They're always tired. They're looking a bit leggy. Not that he's human and having a bad game. So what Varani's coming out with for me is is a is a cop out already. And he's one, you know, he, he misses games. I think he had one of his best times in a long time last season. He played a lot of games on the bounce. And that was through that time when United were going for a really good spell of winning games and winning games. You know, they, they were justified to win those games. That hasn't happened to United for a long, long time over a lot of managers. They were winning games before and everyone was just accepting a win rather than looking at performances. So I think someone like Raphael Varane has kind of just got to to suck it really and get on with it. He did it at Real Madrid, it it was going down. You think about Real Madrid during their Champions League time when they was winning Champions League and winning their domestic league as well. How many changes did they make during that run? Not Mm. many. So again, we're getting to that where everyone's, we're we're shelling out millions and millions of money on footballers and then we're giving them excuses because they're playing too many games how does that make any sense? How are people being brainwashed into thinking that way? Look at players in the championship and below. How many games they play? Soon as they play, soon as they play on the weekend, this weekend just gone, they've got midweek games coming up. Why don't the Premier League do that? To maybe give to allow them to give them a spare weekend or spare weekend in case something goes wrong or whatever. You've got weekends so you can fit games in. Do the games early while the players are at, you know, allegedly at their peak. That's what a pre-season is for. To give you that, to get you a spark and to get your burst. But it doesn't because you go away, you travel five, 6,000 miles, you're dragged all over countries to play games. And so, you know, you've got to make your mind up. If you're going to play football, you've got to realize that you're going to get tired and you have to. And that's the, I mean, the reason what, you get tired because you're human. But pre season is meant to prepare your body, Wayne. Prepares yeah. your body for, for maybe hits. And for the facts of a little bit of durability, because football, when I was playing, was about durability. That's what pre-season was about. So you just grit your teeth a bit more and you dig in and you go on. And it's amazing how when you're winning games of football, that all of a sudden your legs suddenly feel stronger. Your lungs wow. feel like they can open up a bit more and you get on with it. But when you start losing games or things ain't going right, all of a sudden people start feeling Always oh, got a slight, slight hamstring. He's got a little, you know, feeling a little tingle in his leg. Mm. I mean, we, we a five year old kid wakes up in the morning with a tingle, and they'll go and run, all, run all day at school.
3: Um, yeah, he can't. I know it's one of Paul's bugbears, that uh, so I thought it was a good one to start off with, Dave. On the mechanics of what Varane's talking about, um, obviously, the the extra minutes do change something in terms of. Okay. We always saw it at the World Cup. They add something to it. They it take It's the drama that it adds to it, the sort of nervousness, the anxiety of someone now. They can't enter the 90th minute thinking a two-goal lead is enough to finish because if a team pulls one back in the 92nd minute, there's absolute frenzy for that last sort of six or seven minutes. It becomes a mini-game all of its own, and, and, and that's sometimes mentally and physically taxing. Um, and I guess for me it's not I think the 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 clampdown on the time wasting is great because it's become a real pandemic that pandemic of some sort in the game where it, it's it's horrible to watch the, the time wasting that goes on from the goalkeepers to the players running round and United are not innocent in that. Um but what's the solution to that? Is it is it this is it this to sort of regulate the behaviour or is it like Verani, you know, like the players have been saying to cut down on the games. What do you do? I mean, make. I'm all for making the Champions League a knockout, making it a, making the Champions League a competition where only the champions go in. Um, I'm, I'm happy for the to be fewer games and making a knockout in the Europa League. I'm happy for all of that. Or make if they want to move the the league itself down to like well we, we, twenty teams, so go down to eighteen teams and play thirty four. Fine, but. It doesn't seem, I it doesn't seem to me like that would resolve some of the issues that Veran is talking about. Really, that loss of two or three games, and really, in terms of being reasonable, those changes that I've just suggested, like making those competitions knockouts again or, or reducing them to, you know, champions qualify only, um, they're not reasonably going to be applied. So, do you think that Veran's got a point, or where would you draw the line in, in the middle of that?
4: No, it's, it's an absolute cop-out. I mean, you, you've, just, you've just listed off games, you know, average games since the 60s. And it's, it's, it's 55 games for, for the majority of that from the 60s to now. Um, but the big bonus for players nowadays is you've got 25, 26 players in a squad. Now, I get it that the manager is always going to want to play his best team in the big games in most games. But it's up to the manager then to use that squad to utilize it better. It's an absolute cop-out. I mean, earlier on, Paul said, and, and I did read about this during during the week, um, I think Newcastle, uh, the average uh, game was like 52 minutes the ball was in play. Uh, City, uh, 56. Um, but the sweet spot was around 55 minutes, 56 minutes. I mean, that's a cop-out as well. That's 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 thirty four minutes of a game where there's absolutely – the ball's not in play. I mean, can you imagine going to a movie theatre and, you know, two-thirds of the way in, the, the – you know the screen goes off and the lights come on and we're all told to go home. You know it's well you've had your two tours so everybody has to leave. Same thing. You know we're getting comp- it, it. You know I'm not I'm not surprised players are complaining about this because it's 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 one of the last things that they can complain about. Um, I don't agree with it. I 100% agree with the extra time. I absolutely loved it in the World Cup because you're right. It creates it creates. You know. A time sheer panic in the last you know those whatever seven to ten minutes um and it's entertainment and you know paul said earlier on that's what we're paying for we're paying for entertainment i absolutely love it now i do believe over the next couple of seasons it it may not turn into that that panic for the last seven to ten minutes but i absolutely love it i've seen it yesterday in the charity shield you've seen what happened Arsenal got the draw then he went on to win which you are right you're 2-0 up in the 89th minute with the previous rules it really is game over right but you score a goal in that 90th minute it's sheer panic and who gets the entertainment out of it the fans do i mean it it's it, it is it is a bit baffling that they're complaining about this you know when when obviously they haven't themselves sat down and thought well if it's been an average of 55 games over the past 50, 60 years, but yet we have more, you know, we got more employees to help us uh, lift, you know, the the, the burden on all this, Paul's right. You know, this is someone whispering in his ear to complain about it. I mean, if, if you want to complain about anything, complain about the eight preseason games we just played. In two occasions, we played two games one after the other, you know, uh, in successive days. Playing, I don't think United have ever played eight preseason games, and and we started on July twelfth. In less than a month, we played eight preseason games. And the the final point on this is, and I never thought about this, but you know, Paul said, "Why not? Why not pack the start of the season with more games?" And he's right because that's when the players are at their fittest. That's when they're when they're you know they're less leggy at that time, and pack the start of the season. With with more games, rather than waiting till March and April when you know English teams are in are in the you know the latter stages in most cases of, of European competition, and all of a sudden it's coming ticking fast, and you know the top <clears throat> sides are in the final rounds of the FA Cup and the League Cup. You know the first thing that always gets thrown under the bus is oh, get rid of the League Cup. You know it, it should be only for Championship teams. Why should it only be for Championship teams? It's ridiculous. We. It's all geared towards TV and money. That's all it's geared towards. I would love nothing more than the Champions League to be the champions, and we would lose out. You know, we wouldn't have been in it for the past ten years, well nine years. You know, it's the champions, and it's a knockout. It's it's you know Manchester United versus some team in Finland. You you've now played a team, and you've given them enough revenue for that club to probably. Last them for two or three seasons. That's the way. That's the way that whole competition was, and that's the way it should be. It should be like the FA Cup, in that it doesn't matter who you are, how big or small you are, you just get pulled out of that bag, and it's a knockout competition, and you're gone. And then that shows who the real, real champions of Europe are. I mean, this Champions League thing has been a farce for for a long time now. Some really bad sides have been deemed the champions of Europe, um, and it should only be for the champions. It reduces the games. We, we, we no longer hear this BS about um, the League Cup, you know, uh, should be for championships teams, and then the FA Cup. I mean, they're still crying about the FA Cup from when United didn't go, and still blaming them every time there's a bad run of games in it. They go back to blame United for going to Brazil. It's ridiculous. The FA Cup is the biggest domestic trophy in the world, and it should be treated as such. But when we get players that complain about games, all of a sudden, these cup competitions get thrown in there. and. And we're being told that they're not really that important. So for me, it's a cop out. Um,
1: no, sorry, Dave. Sorry, Dave. But what you what you're saying is 100 percent right. But for me, what they never really think about the players, because as far as I'm concerned, if you're a player, you want to win a medal. You want to play in a big occasion. You want everything. You want your ego being massaged. You want the adulation. You want that moment to walk out of Wembley, and you try and take away. From a Martinez, or Martinez, whatever, you try and take away his medal from winning that League Cup against Newcastle. You turn around and say to him, that oh, that's nothing. He's come to, he's come to the UK, he's come to England to play in the so-called best league in the world, and it, in his first season, he's won a medal in the final. So that's the bit. No one thinks about the players. Everyone's thinking about going out with this kind of narrative of tiredness and give people a rest in between and games. So that needs to be changed. But I'm me. I'm one of them from where I started, where I come from. I come from the, the old the third division. So straight away, I think about them. At the start of every season, they know that they're going to play more games than those people in the top league, regardless of any cup games. They're playing more league games. And then they've got their in-house competition. They've got the FA Cup. Then they've got their, they've got their pizza cup. And then they've got their um, league cup. So in theory they 've got a lot of football, but they want that football they they want the football the, the players want the football because when I was playing all that it was about playing games to earn money and winning games to earn money. It was called an incentive but when you when your money is all, they have to give you virtually all your money week in week out now in the in the top division because if you don 't, they know they can go somewhere else and get that trying to make football in the Premier League an incentive when you go out and play a game. is very, very difficult because as we know, if your belly's full already, you're not really going to run too hard because you might hurt yourself even more because your belly's full. So you slow down because you're happy already. So that's that's the biggest problem. And the other side of it, people say, well, do this with the wages, cut this and then get them, you know, make a big difference. As we know, the way the world is at the moment is that, you take away something, you say you're going to. Oh, we just will give you that. Someone will. Someone will come along, and drop a backhander to make sure that person is happy yep. where he is. If they can't, get. so we're in that position at the moment where our football is is almost hitting a stalemate. It's getting to that point where it's becoming unenjoyable because yep. of what the people who don't know football, which are doing to suit themselves with marketing and everything to keep money generating that way. They're not bothered about fans. All they're bothered about, marketing. That's why the Champions League, really, if it was anything else, anything else other than football, the Champions League would have to change its name because it's not a Champions League. Yeah. So, that's my winch. That
3: was a good one from both of you. Uh, We'll move on to the weekend. Hopefully not too much whinging uh, to do with Onana um, making his first Old Trafford um, game and, didn't go perfectly for him. Um, so Hoyland was announced just before kickoff, but then it was announced seconds after that he's out for a few weeks. He <laughs> picked up an injury with, with Atalanta. Um, eventually the game gets underway. Really, really shocking goal to concede with an honor. Uh, but in the in, in the first half as well, there was a lot of great play through Fernandez, Garnacho, Anthony, and Rashford. Uh, in the second half came alive when United turned around on the game um i I guess that's well i start with you on this one davo um what did you make of the game obviously the goal's a bad one to concede but some of the football uh, was really outstanding
4: i mean the the onana thing was i mean i'm I'm glad it's i'm glad it's uh, out of the way because that was going to happen at some point in the season i mean when when we started to look at signing him, all these videos start popping up on on uh, Twitter and YouTube about the mistakes he'd made. I'm glad his that mistakes out of the way. I I just think the defenders and the team is going to have to learn that he that's you know he, he does stand a little bit high up the pitch. Um, I mean if the law doesn't go across the pitch, that doesn't happen. So I think it's just a matter of them learning about where he's going to be, where he's situated on the pitch. Um, I'm not I'm not overly overly concerned you know i know he made a a, a bit of a boo boo in a previous game as well um but for me it's i, I don't know it's it i'm still happy with him he had a, he had he had a, he had a very good game after that you know he had, He pulled off some good saves he's a good sh- uh, shot stopper we seem to be <coughs> definitely more fluid coming from the back uh with him in the team you know uh but i think it's all about it's all about just learning the defenders having to learn about and uh, you know obviously when we move on to Paul I'd like to ask him that you know as a defender <clears throat> how would you how would you feel about we having him in the back but I I do think it's just a matter of the team learning, you know, about about his weakness and his strengths and he's just gotta learn that now that that's a global thing that, that teams are gonna try and that they're gonna try and do that, you know, they're trying to close them down early to see if they can catch him off his line. But I, I just believe it'll do us more good than harm uh, because it's out of the way early. Um, I, I thought that game uh, we were absolutely fantastic after the break we really were I think Garnaccio was starting to really come into himself now uh, he was absolutely phenomenal in pre-season for me um, and, and if he stays injury free I think this could be the season I think this could be the one where he takes it up a couple of levels uh, I also felt that Anthony seems to be more comfortable on the ball his decision making seems to be has seemed to have improved I mean he's he's I love the guy, you know, and I, I I won't have bad things said about him. I think he's I think he's the next big thing.
0: Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Picture the scene: all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football—perfect! Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery at participating restaurants. 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Uh, I enjoyed
4: um, and I think like pre-season he he's shown that you know that that his decision making has definitely 100 percent improved. Little disappointed that, little bit disappointed, but not surprised that we bought a striker and he's instantly injured. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Uh, but I think all in all, you know, the games that that we played are the majority of our first team and preseason. I think we did. Um, I think we played some some nice football. Um, and, and like I said, I think you know Garnacho, if he stays fit, this could be the season for him. <coughs> and I think this is Anthony's time to shine. Um, but I'm a little bit biased towards him. So yeah.
3: Good, good problems to have for United, really, considering, you know, we were last season, it's like Sancho's not really playing well, but you've got to give him a run of games. Martial, not really sure what he's adding, but he, we've got to play him because we don't have Ronaldo. And, you know, Vegos long live Vegas, um, wherever he's gone to, bless him. Um, but it was not the, the greatest experience. And now it looks like United have got good options across that front line. And, yeah, you're talking about who's really who's going to be left out when Hoyland wow. is fit. And, and that's not a bad thing at this moment, especially even despite Varane's protestations, considering how many how many games we've got. Um, we're going to need to utilise that from line and, and different options as well, because they're all different kinds of players. Um, Paul, so I think the obvious thing to do would be to start really talking about Anana and the mistake. I don't, like Dave said, it's out of the way in a way. And I don't want to, you know what I'm like. I'll go straight for the historical comparison, and pe- you know people will talk about Bartes and and that sort of stuff. And I know Dave said two or three times, probably more in hope that that's the one mistake out of the way, because that doesn't mean that there's not going to be another one next week. But I, the the comparison I'm going to make is with Harry Gregg, and obviously not many people listening or watching this are going to remember this, but and I, I certainly don't only through analysis. But Gregg was signed. Move United to play 20 yards up the pitch. And a few weeks into his um, United career, we were playing Red Star at home. Obviously, the first leg of the the famous two legs, um, which ended with the crash. But the first leg, he was lobbed from 30 yards because he was standing on the edge of his penalty area and everyone was sort of like having a go at him. But, and he held his hands up and admitted it was his fault. But the point was, the prevailing point was that what United had gained in the, the play, they were unbeaten from when Greg had arrived and they'd start scoring a lot more goals because they were able to condense the play further up the pitch. Theoretically, all these years on, albeit different style of football and everything like that, but theoretically, that is what Anon is going to do. So I don't really want to talk to you too much about the mistake because mistakes happen and if they happen four or five times then we'll call an emergency podcast to dissect it but in terms of I want to talk to you because we got a question from Dan, um, one of our podcast um, website um, admin guys and he asked, he was talking about um, an honours first friendly where there was an infamous clip now where he was um, he had a, a go at Maguire and it seems to like be really stark contrast to the way that De Gea would play. You know, De Gea and van der Sar. was a little bit more vocal than De Gea, but Anana seems a lot more vibrant and active in that regard. And the question really is about playing in front of strong goalkeepers, because you played in front of Shilton, Seaman, Schmeichel, three very vocal goalkeepers. As a defender, does it help... You as an individual, does it help the defence focus more with a more vocal goalkeeper, or does that not really make much difference?
1: Um, I, I think it makes – I wouldn't really know because I've I played with vocal Where – I'm trying to think wherever I was. I played with – during the time with vocal goalkeepers. Big Pete was the one. Big Pete would have done exactly the same as what Ananda done, exactly the same, and he was doing it every week. Everyone talks about his big bust-ups always with Brucey. Yeah. Always with Brucey, but maybe that got a little bit that way because they were neighbours. Anyway, they were like lived on each other's doorstep, and they travelled in together quite a lot of the time. So that was that bit. Maybe he felt because he could do because they knew each other inside out, really. But Big Peak was like that. Even the teams would have a shot from thirty yards. Big Peak was always going to moan at somebody. It was he. It was his nature. Schultz would would always would moan. That's his nature, and he's still miserable now. Schultz. But um, when everyone looks at De Gea, I mean, but I think that because we goalkeepers are different mentality to what they were years back, goalkeepers are different body shape. I mean, when someone like Big Pete or a Dave Seaman shouted keepers, generally most people would run out the way. You see yeah. most keepers now, and we'd all fancy ourselves against them because they're built like greyhounds. They're about height and they're ranging. They're not big, strong men, and they're not going to come out with their knees up or anything like that. So it's a different mentality now how how that has changed. But I look at the goal, when I look at it, I think to myself, can we blame him? No, not really, because everyone's been asking for the last few seasons for a goalkeeper to be good with his feet. There's no point of him being good on his feet. If he stood where that ball where United had the ball and he was stood on his goal line watching, it would have been no good. Because I'll tell you what, if he was on his line and they'd lost the ball there, then straight away they would have broken in behind Everyone would have been asking questions of him. He was too far back. Six, one-half dozen the other. he's not, he wasn't really in. It was just, it's that it's it's an indiv- it's all about an indiv- individual's their opinion of it. But you watch Edison, even a city goalkeeper yesterday, and you watch every time City had the ball in the back, he wasn't on his goal line. He was kind of looking and it, he was gauging himself and every how they stepped forward. The difference was though, is that Lons went and had a go at Manchester United because at the moment in time, until United get that get that right with the goalkeeper in the back four and they breed confidence, then people then will look at them with the ball at their feet and they won't gamble as much. It's like what people don't gamble against City too much because if yeah. everyone gambled and believed they could get it, then you look up and people were taking pot shots at, at, um, at their goalkeeper. People would take pot shots at Brighton the way Brighton play as well. So what it was, it was just one of those moments. Dallow, I don't know, Dallow just had, again, he does that, Dallow. He does the most simple things. He's the one who kind of makes them more difficult. That's the way he is sometimes. And he was having a good time prior to that. So um, that was just a moment. Was it a goalkeeper mistake? Not really, because it stemmed from a right back who got it wrong. And the margins are much smaller now in football than what they were many years ago. So yeah. any mistakes now are being caught, are being jumped on very, very quickly because of the technic the more technical ability of the players. You don't have to all generally always be a great player to have this great technical ability. They generally all all got it now anyway in that sense of with a ball at their feet and the way they strike balls. So I wouldn't blame him for that one. But when I look at the way United now in their back four, I think it's made a difference. They do. He he definitely will make an go forward better. But yeah. again, United's strength, even with De Gea, they was going through that spell and Varane and Martinez playing together made such a difference. The ball went forward a lot more quicker and it was always, they, they did it quicker. The ball got into midfield. Even in like Martinez is one of those players who misses out the midfield and he goes straight into the furthest player sometimes. That's how he did it. It wasn't happening prior to that. but And that was with De Gea in goal. So, But I think now it'll happen, there'll be more consistency in the way they'll come, go from the back. Inanna's going to make mistakes. David De Gea made mistakes. But we'll wait and see how it works out now on the fact that Anana will make mistakes. He's going to maybe kick them over, you know, get it wrong. It's going to bobble up onto his ankle. He's going to kick it out of play. Let's see what happens when all of a sudden he's having one of those quiet periods and he pulls off a save from nowhere to keep United in a game or to win United a game, as David De Gea had done so many times. And I've said yeah. that a thousand times in here. I'm a bit repetitive, really. But I, I liked him. I just thought it was wrong the way that he's mostly feeding himself, how people talked about him. There's a lot of disrespect towards him. I, and I'm pulling it more on the, the newer supporters who've done that, not the ones who had seen when United were going through a bad time and what he'd done. Well, I think the ones there, they didn't see that bit, Wayne, the bits he'd done during that time. They're only just gone on the last few seasons. I think the season under 10, 10 Hag is straight away blowing up a bit more because, yeah. of, because a different style of play has brought it all out. And everyone, a lot of them have jumped on it, you know, at that kind of, you know, the FIFA age people.
3: I, I'm, of, well, I'm not going to make any apologies. I, I was a big De Gea fan. I, I thought he still had something to offer at the top yeah. level. I still do. Um, I will say perhaps when I, I said earlier that he's not as vocal as perhaps other people before him or after perhaps that's because, A, it's still the most high-profile position in world football to be the Manchester United goalkeeper, so the daggers are out. He will know what it's like to get consistent abuse, so he's not someone who's going to dish it out and put other players under the spotlight. Actually, if you think about it, it's responsible teamwork. I mean, all right, at the... United weren't achieving at the at the real top of the game as they should have done and maybe De Gea might have been under a different kind of microscope if that or, you know, maybe he wouldn't. But the point is that it could well be and I'm just speaking as someone who doesn't know him personally that that might have been part of his personality that, you know, he's seen what it's like to get criticism to be the person who gets the consistent abuse on, on social media. And if you start pointing the finger in a team where, let's be fair, Fingers could have been pointed over these last few years, and not just at the hair. That you know, it's not fair for one player Well, for players to be doing it to each other. Obviously, when you're in a team that's right at the top, like you know, Schmeichel and and United are winning all the time, and and you know, margins are fine. Then you kind of need that kind of aggression because it brings the best out of everyone. Um, We did have a comment just before we move on Um, from T2, that Izzo. He says it wasn't an honor's mistake. low played a sloppy pass. Anano was able to cut out a number of attacks by being higher up. And yeah, that's a good point. By the way, Martinez or Martinez, I spoke to Alan Keegan last week and obviously he's the man who would know. And he says Martinez. So that's what I'm going with for the season. Um, mm-hmm. Before we
4: move, I'm I'm sorry, Wayne. Before we move on, I, I do have a question though, um, mm-hmm. yeah, for both of you. Um, if if Onana was was shouting at at Martinez, it's Martinez, yeah. Um, Martinez. of of Iran, I don't think it makes the news. I really don't. I think I think it makes the news in a positive way that this goalkeeper is not taking any messing about. You know, you would, you would you would see video clips of Schmeichel. You would see video clips of Barthez screaming at players. I'm 100% convinced the media turned this into a negative because it was Hardy McGuire.
3: Yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. 100%. If it was any other player, they would be praising Onana for what he did. Um, I just think that they latched onto the McGuire thing, which, you know, the complete disrespect he's, he's received. Um, uh, from from a section of fans is is nothing but you know it's 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 a low life way to behave going to a game and boom one of your own players and um I I, I know we weren't probably gonna touch on that today, but I certainly want to bring it up. I think it, listen, we all know that McGuire is probably not you know his his time at United is up. He's but he's not a bad center back. He really isn't we've had this discussion in the past. I just think his time at United is up. There's, there's teams out there that he could go to and, you know, they play a different style that would suit him. But to be booing a, one of our own players is absolutely... It's, it's disgusting. But anyway, I honestly believe that that whole thing was... Because when I seen it in, in the media blown up that Onana was shouting at Maguire, I mean, I'm thinking, well, isn't that what the goalkeeper's supposed to do? I mean, yeah. I, I I grew up in, in, you know, watching United in the 80s and in the 90s. And Schmeichel, I mean... I'm, I'm sure Paul can confirm this. I don't think there was ever a game where Schmeichel wasn't complaining, wasn't screaming at someone, wasn't shouting. Like he said, someone takes his, his stupid pot shot from 40 yards and it goes up into the He would come storming out of his box screaming at everybody of why did you let him even take a shot? And it's like, well, it injured someone like 42 rows up. Don't worry about it. No, that's yeah. the way he was. I, yeah. I just, I don't get it. I don't get the negativity around it. I think it's what we should expect from a goalkeeper. And like I said, if it was a, if it was Martinez, if it was Varane, if it was anyone else, the media would have painted it as a positive of oh now United have a goalkeeper that is going to command his box and is going to do X, Y, and Z. But instead, you know, we we it, it was turned into a negative, and then we had people having pot shots saying it was unfair to shout at Maguire. That blew my mind. I'm like, Wait, what do you mean it was unfair to shout at? That makes no sense. I'm sorry yeah. for cutting across you, but I just wanted to get that point across. I think they, because it was Harry Maguire, they turned it into a into a negative.
3: Yeah, no, I th- I th- we've Paul and I over the last season, uh, Maguire was probably being the one who got the most criticism because he was uh, out of form last season. But we, we in the season before that, we were talking about Lindelof and Eric by me and Paul on a weekly basis, <clears> and got <throat> to the point not in a bad way, but at the point where it was like. These players have been criticized enough, you know, that they're not up to the the standard. There's no point criticizing it, everybody knows it now. Do you know? And that's where we are with Maguire. And I think, like, all right, everybody accepts maybe he doesn't accept that it's time to move on. And a player's ego can do that with you know, he might want to stay at Manchester United, it's a place to be, but like a lot, you know, if you're a high profile England defender and your next move is going to be down. You are going to be very reluctant to leave United because it for for obvious reasons. Um, so yeah, I I don't agree with the booing, that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but it is is what it is. Um, I wouldn't do it. People are entitled to do what they want to do, aren't they? Um, hopefully, there'll be no booing on Monday. Let's get to the, the Wolves game on Monday. Premier League football is back incredibly. Can't wait. Um, Wolves, traditionally one of the worst games to watch, possibly only surpassed by a game against Newcastle these days. But they have changed the manager and and they were slightly easier to play against last season. It made the games not as difficult to watch. Um, And they've had a difficult um, summer, really, Paul. I mean, they've signed a couple of players. This Cunha from... Um, Atletico Madrid is basically their replacement for Neves, but Neves was so fundamental to the way that they played, so was Moutinho, and he's gone. Adama Traore, who was so fast, um, terrifying when, um, well, all right, he's inconsistent, but he was so fast. Um, and they've lost these players who were so crucial to the way that Wolves have played football for the last four or five years, and now they've got a new manager, a new direction, a few new players. A lot of people are tipping them as, as, you know, not surprised really, as as one of the candidates to be dragged into the relegation zone. Uh, It makes it a good time to play them at Old Trafford when they're trying to reset the midfield. Having said that, you know, they've brought in these two new midfielders who might want to, you know, they might just have the energy from the start and really give it a go with license to be able to do that. It's a free eight for them coming to Old Trafford. Um, Paul, how do you reckon it's going to go? Do you think it's a, a good game for United to kick off the season with?
1: I think when you're playing, when you start season, you're playing your size that everyone is tipping that's going to go down. It's good that you do get them early and more so at home when you're playing at home. But the one thing about Wolves is they they were kind of a, they were a, ponder, they were a pondering team, especially when you mentioned that midfield. No great pace. Their pace come from the full-backs. When you look at Jimenez was generally the one through the middle who weren't the quickest and obviously his game changed because of what happened to him with that injury he got. When you look at, is it Pudence, Pudence, Pudence? He was there maybe their only one, the little lad up front with any great pace. So I believe that he's added, as you just said there when you were leaning into it, they've added more energy to that midfield. Nevis, keep forgetting now, Nevis, what is he, 26, 27? Yeah. I think, it it's been like he's been around 30 years Forever. already. Yeah, it's yeah, just incredible how long he's been around and someone like him, I'm just surprised that he, no one, a big club never took him on. There was always the talk but it never materialised but for a lot of those players who are playing, he's going to be a big miss for them because he's been around since their Championship day and he was the main, the main man who got him out of the Championship without a doubt. I saw him play at QPR one time and I've never seen a player play like that. Him and him and Jota, I saw play at, Loft, at Loftus Road, and wow, never see, hadn't seen anything like that at Loftus Road for a long time at that level of football. Those two were the difference, and yeah. they proved how good they were in the Premier League. And Jota's moved on to Liverpool and carried on. But given that the, the, the best strength of that team really has to be the manager, has to be the manager, just just him. He's everything about him suggests that you can't write Wolves off. You know, I mean, I think he's kind of had a—I don't know what it is—but the the owners kind of said a few nice things about him and his coaching staff. There's been issues because he's not kind of seems like he's had his hands tied with spending a bit of money. So he's come in and said something to the owner regarding it and not not having a go at him, but just going with him and saying all the right things. So it all easy thing to say, and it's a bit of a cliche. United have to start the game right and not allow Wolves kind of a different Wolves to start too well and get too comfortable. Cause there's been a few games at Old Trafford where they have caused problems. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, I think they, I think he he scored there, didn't he? Moutinho. He sco- he actually scored in a Premier a winning, was it? I think it was a winning goal there. I think he oh, scored. God,
3: the Ragnar Kiro. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So he's, you know, so you can't, and I just really can't see Wolves as one of those sides who are going to go down at this moment in time, just going, you know, so, People are talking because they haven't. Everything's now about spending. If he'd gone out and brought five, six players and gone for a big change from what it was before, everyone'd be questioning oh, is it going to take a while to knit together? So we'd have to wait and see. Because they haven't really done anything in the marketplace. Everyone's tipping them to go down because they've lost two key players. You have to remember, Mortino didn't play a lot of football, did he? He was mm-hmm. always coming on yeah. a, a lot as well. So he wasn't playing them at that point. So the team's going to going to be very similar to what it was last season. So does, can we say then there's going to be more continuity in a team? And we know continuity is a great strength yeah. to have.
3: Well, it's been Wolves' strength, but I think that's where they don't have it, where they are changing, um, Dave. Like Paul says, I mean, it's an obvious, it is an obvious statement, I guess, but United really do need to start, well, every game quick, but particularly this one, to capitalise on the fact that Wolves aren't they are still sort of getting used to each other in that in the crucial area of midfield. So if United can stamp home something earlier on, then it, it just makes that game more difficult for them in in the way that you know you know what it's like for a team of without wanting to be disrespectful. They are now an established Premier League side, but when they're finding the feet, if you get them early on and get a couple of goals in, and you can control the game in the 110 minutes that you're going to be playing it now, that that you a team are more like not to give up, but that they'll say like, all right, well, this is the free anyway, so we'll just sort of stroll through this. United really need to get Wolves into that position, don't they?
4: Yeah, I, I do feel a little bit for the manager for, for Wolves. I mean, he he kept them up, and um, then he lost his best players in the summer, and then his club wouldn't spend any money. <clears throat> I actually I actually thought at one point over the past couple of weeks he was either going to get sacked or he was going to quit. And um, but but Wolves have been a torn and air side for you know, the past, whatever, three, four, five seasons. Um, I don't like playing Wolves at this point because they do cause us problems. Uh, I, I was happy to see that they did lose uh, uh, a couple of players over the summer because my first instinct was, well, at least when we played them, they would be a little bit weaker. But that said, um, there's a lot to be said about uh, 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 continuity and the, and the players that you have and the players that you're keeping. um as Paul touched on there, because, I mean, Nottingham Forest bought, I don't know, 600 players last season. Um, and, you know, that was an absolute mess for, for the majority of the season. You know, where they were going to put them in, who was going to play. Uh, there's a lot to be said about, even though managers probably want to improve their squad, there's a lot to be said about the, the, this, the nucleus of the team, even though they've lost of their best players. And now there could be a siege mentality now at Wolves uh, in that regard. I mean, when we spoke earlier on about time wasting, I think Wolves and Newcastle are up there as the biggest time wasters in the Premier League. Statistically, I think it is. I know Newcastle are, and Wolves can't be that far off because we've had many games down the years where we've been frustrated by their time wasting. Um, but like most games, we you know, we've we got to start. It. we got to start quickly, and we got We got to get a goal or two um, because, you know, we're at home. That's all we can ask for, uh, a home game, uh, the very first game of the season against uh, i no disrespect a lesser team um uh, than than the top five top six uh wolves rightly so are probably in the mix right now that conversation about being relegated but that may create a siege mentality it may have the opposite effect of what we think will happen um sure. but yeah i just i'm always there's a couple <coughs> of teams at Old Trafford that i that i didn't like down the years um wolves is one and there was a time where, you know, Derby County gave us so many headaches and, you know, that Pelo one-chop game and stuff like that just sticks in the head. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be a tricky toy, but you can't ask for it. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe one of the promoted sides, the first game of the season at Old Trafford, this is probably, you know, on, on, a, on a on a level nearer to that in regard to what you want to have in your first game. So um, I'm looking forward to it, but we do need to start bright. Because if they dig their heels in, well, you know, they could come away with a point.
3: I was looking forward to it at the start of this podcast and now you've said that they might have a greater siege mentality. And I'm thinking, oh good grief, they really could. <laughs> so thanks for that. Um well we will I guess we won't be back next week because of the fact that the game's on Monday night, so it'll be the week after for us. Um if you've enjoyed the podcast, give us a, a rating or review on the platform you're listening on, and if you're watching Um, the replay feel free to give us a comment as well because we still reply to those Um, thanks for listening thanks for watching guys and we'll be back when we're talking about I guess how how United have done against Wolves and it will be Spurs after that I think is the second game so um, a lot to get through that second time so um, have a great week guys and thanks for listening and watching
0: away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer.